You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Good evening and welcome to Talk of the Bay. I'm your host, Rick Cleffel, for Talk of the Bay tonight. We're going to talk about writing in a number of aspects. First, we're going to start off with Lauren Mari Navarro. And we're going to, with her, we're going to talk about psychotherapy that integrates mind, body, emotions, and using writing to get to the center of your soul. Thank you for joining us, joining me, Lauren. Thank you. Um, Lauren, you have an interesting approach that's uh, a mind and combines the mind and the body. Talk about how writing can help your body. Okay. So, um, well, I, I think that first of all, maybe I'll just mention, Rick, that my background is I'm a clinical social worker. And so I actually, um, my training is not as a writing teacher per se, but I've come across this, um, using this modality actually in a very personal way, having uh, written in journals since the age of 10. And, uh, you know, I don't think I called uh, the act of writing at that age um, therapeutic, <laughs> but I, I think it was. I moved around a lot as a child, and I found it very helpful to have a constant companion um, with which I could share all of my innermost feelings. And so I think I learned from a very early age that writing had a therapeutic or a healing uh, benefit of being able to, you know, cathart and um, it held all of my emotions, no matter how dark or positive. And uh, so in terms of the, and, and to say just a little bit more about uh, my, where I'm coming from, and I think why you invited me today is that I've been leading uh, writing groups in the community, and what mm-hmm. I'm working on in particular right now is um, leading some free writing groups for people who are uh, cancer patients and cancer survivors, and um, there's a new uh, complementary health medicine program at the Palo Alto Medical Foundation called Focus on Living, and it has um, several courses, and one of them is mine, and so that is something we might want to let listeners know is a free resource to them. But at any rate, I think that the one one reason that Palo Alto Medical Foundation invited me um, with my background and um, in, in leading writing groups, um, which I also do at Cabrillo Extension in a one-day workshop there, is um, that it does have proven scientific uh, research behind it um, that shows that it does help with immune functioning. And one of the key researchers in that area um, that if any of the listeners um, get interested in scientific research and how how writing does benefit um, our, our health, um, his name is James Pennebaker. That's P-E-N-N-E-B-A-K-E-R. And when when I looked him up, I was amazed at the level of rigorous research that he's done with lots and lots of um, studies over the last at least 20 years. And he's a leading authority on expressive writing. So really, that's what we're talking about, expressive writing, reflective writing, cathartic writing. 
um, this is the kind of work that he was, um, the kind of writing he was doing research on. And so one of the things that he noticed is that when we put our troubles into words that we're able to get past it. And once we move past it, we worry a little bit less about it and obsess less about it. And so at any rate, I'm kind of rattling on. I'm not sure if you... No, you know, uh, one of the things that that interests me about that is just that idea of forming the words in our minds and transferring them onto the paper. I think that that um, translation process of thoughts and emotions Mm -hmm. into concrete words and then going from our minds where they can just spin like a hamster wheel. When you put them on a piece of paper, I think the the effect is is that you trap them Mm -hmm. and they're contained and they can no longer shift and keep changing just enough for you to keep worrying about them. Well, I think that's a great way of of describing it. And I think that is in part what Pennebaker was getting at and what a number of other writers, um, Louise DeSalvo, is uh, another one, and Julia Cameron has written lots of great books on writing, particularly um, of interest to people who keep a journal. And um, one of the things that Julia Cameron says in her book, The Right to Write, um, so both of the ways of spelling those two words, um, she says, through healing words, one metabolizes the injury into art. And for this reason, she claims that writing is medicine and writing allows us to rewrite our lives. And what you're saying, Rick, about um, getting it kind of trapped there is that actually what's really the healing aspect of it is creating what is called a coherent healing narrative. So, Mm -hmm. you know, creating um, no matter what the tragedy is, whether people are writing about cancer or something very traumatic that's happened in their lives, if they write um, kind of a beginning and middle and end that contains uh, plenty of detail about what happened, uh, what Pennebaker discovered that even in four uh, consecutive days of writing, 20 minutes a piece for each day, that um, that people, oh gosh, I don't know if I can put my, my hands on it right now, but uh, actually talked about how their, their immune system was um, uh, impacted such that after they looked, did this uh, this work of four consecutive days of writing, they found that people had fewer follow-up visits to the hospital and increased sense of well-being and other measures of actually measuring immune function. You know, one of the things that that speaks to what you were talking about is I think humans have a real need of story and, and we have a need of story. And in a sense, we define ourselves through a story. So when we're experiencing, I think, a painful time or any time really, Nailing that story down and getting the story straight really helps you to cope with with it. it you really can does. you can uh, you can you know what the story is, so then you don't have to question it and question yourself. And I think the idea of writing helps us helps us get us past the inner critic that not only criticizes our writing but criticizes our, our ourselves. Exactly, that's right. I. In my work, in my psychotherapy practice, we do a lot of work with that part that we often call the inner critic. And writing is a wonderful opportunity sometimes to even have the inner critic come out and dialogue with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, inner critic says such and such, and and you say back. And just to get a little bit of more information, sometimes our, our critic is actually um, there to help us, ironically. The other piece that Pennebaker talked about that you're relating to in terms of getting that out on paper is that it actually is hard physiological work mm-hmm. to 
to repress. And so um, he calls this... Oh, interesting. I yeah, see what you mean. he calls this psychological state inhibition and holding things back um, rather than giving them exp- expression. And active inhibition, he says, means that people must consciously restrain, hold back, or in some way exert effort to not think, feel, or behave. So when you actually are actively expressing or writing emotionally difficult experiences, it actually offers... Um, a welcome physiological and psychological release, and he calls that the biological stress of inhibition um, being immediately reduced by, but just immediately as soon as you start writing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do in my classes is that we, I call them sprints. So it might be I put on a kitchen timer and I try not to have it ring in the classroom, but ring a little nice bell instead. But we do it like a five-minute writing sprint or a mm-hmm. ten-minute writing sprint. And during that time, you know, I watch all these writers in in the room just writing like crazy. And it's amazing what happens in just five short minutes of writing. And people often share. And in that respect as well, there's a lot of healing involved. And they're bearing witness to their own words that they've been writing in Mm -hmm. in class and kind of going, really? I felt that way? I, I was thinking those things? So. Firstly, I think it's helpful that way that they're just hearing their own voice out loud. Now, and then others are bearing witness as well to mm-hmm. hearing and the common story, in this case, around their cancer journey. You know, one uh, I we can also have a dialogue with our listeners out there on, in the radio listening to the show. You can call us at 476-2800 or 1-800-655-5877 if you have any questions for my guest. Her name is Lauren Mari Navarro, and she's works with she is a somatic psychotherapist, joining the mind and body, helping the mind heal the body. Now, um, one of the things I thought that was very interesting uh, about what uh, Pennebaker said was, was that um, the things that you can do with your writing samples once you once you once you've done once you've done with them. I mean, the the idea with this is to when you're writing something, you want to get right to the core of who you are. So you have to presume that nobody is ever going to see these again. Oh yeah, and I love that. You must have looked at. I didn't even know if I gave that to you, but maybe you looked this up with Pennebaker. If you mm-hmm. look it up, he said here are some options that you can do with your writing after you write. You can burn them, you can erase them, you can shred them, you can flush them, you can tear them into little pieces and toss them into the ocean, or let the wind take them away. You can eat them, but he doesn't recommend it. So <laughs> a lot of that is tongue in cheek, but um, you know. Uh, so some some people do all kinds of things with their writing. If they really feel like this is very confidential material that they don't want to share with others, then you can, you know, we have a million ways that we can destroy material. But I actually recommend to the people that are in um, taking the classes that I'm taking that, um, that journaling is something that is, it's a log, it's a diary, it's something that you can use as a touchstone later on in your life when you're kind of curious about how you felt about a particular issue and back in 2007 or 1995 or so I actually do keep my journals whether I keep them all of my life I don't know but do you have your 10 uh, year old journals I do oh my I do. gosh I have, I have boxes of journals <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell any of the listeners where I keep them <laughs> but, yeah yeah and well, you know it strikes me too that these uh, each of these entries in a journal each of these writing exercises is like a self-portrait like a photograph in in Mm -hmm. a sense and and it's a but it gives you more information in a photograph because the words um the the actual uh 
process of putting that language down onto paper and then going back and reading it, that mm-hmm. that gives you a lot of information about who you are and what your state of mind is. It really does. And sometimes I think that we don't even know what our state of mind is mm-hmm. until we sit down to write 5, 10, 15 minutes. And we surprise ourselves sometimes with the level of insight that that's there. And um, one of the things that Julia Cameron, anyone who's read some of her books, probably knows about her idea of writing the morning pages. She called them morning pages because you do them. You, maybe you get up a little bit earlier than everyone else in the household, and you write at least three pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I noticed that kind of the trick around the three pages is some, sometimes we don't really kind of find our our underground, uh, deeper material until we've gotten to that second page. And so by the time we've gotten there, we kind of are are dropping into a deeper place of mm-hmm. self-reflection. And that's kind of where we really see the insight or the story gets a little deeper. So it's a, another idea that, that people can do if you just get up, you know, or, or whenever that time of day is that works for you. I think it's important, though, and you talk about this, to to make it a steady time every day and as often mm-hmm. as you can. Yeah. Talk about the, how the regularity of this, the scheduling of this mm-hmm. is part of the healing process. Well, I, I think it really, that regularity is quite helpful. It's like, you know, people have different kinds of what I call practices in their lives. And for some people, uh, you know, making sure that they have regular exercise, it's just kind of like, yeah, if you only exercise once a month, that's different than what's going to happen if you do it two or three or more times a, a week. You, the increased benefit is going to be more obvious the more that you do it. Um, on the other hand, the writers in my class, sometimes some of them are a little resistant or kind of like I haven't done this in a long time. So I kind of give them a soft encouragement to, you know, get that kitchen timer out. And even if they just wrote five minutes um, every day um, and started developing that that practice in their life, I think that they would notice a difference. I mean, the, the research bears that out, certainly with Pennebaker's studies, that it does make a difference. Well, talk about um, some of the, this uh, what, so, somatic psychotherapy. Explain what that is and and start to tie that to, to the writing practice and, mm-hmm. and how even if you're well, whether you're sick or well, the, that I think this can help you get a better connection to yourself and a better connection to your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad that you are tying it together. I don't know that people always do tie it together. I think that there are some therapists that use writing as a as a modality in their practice. I don't hear about that uh, real often, but um, I, the way I look at it is that um, writing and another expressive art that I uh, that I have been trained in called soul collage are tools that really help people get in touch with um, different aspects of themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think really the more that we get to know, you know, we all know that we have these little voices in our heads, and one of them we talked about, the inner critic, but we have all kinds of... Um, commotion going inside of our heads all the time. You talked about the inner community. Yes, the inner community. I love that idea. Explain (laughs) explain about our inner community. Well, you know, here I'll talk about uh, that part of what I do is something called inner relationship focusing, which was developed by a a woman named Ann Weiser Cornell, Mm -hmm. um, who had originally studied with Eugene Gendlin, who developed focusing um, back in the 70s, 1970s. And in inner relationship focusing, what you're doing is you're you're kind of going right before we got online here with each other. I was talking about that state of being where you go to more of a, an alpha wave state, which is a medit- more of a meditative state. 
when we just, but we're still quite aware of what's going on. We're not in a deep hypnotic place, but we start to be able to listen to those voices that, that kind of, that come. And we also can listen, and this is my, well, we're in Santa Cruz, so we can, <laughs> you know, you can also listen to the body. And mm-hmm. this is a big part of what somatic psychotherapy is about. And there's a sixth um, annual conference that's happening with hundreds and thousands of um, people, psychotherapists who are trained somatically come together. So this is a, a burgeoning field now. And at any rate, one, one of them is to, um, explore um, these different aspects of self and to kind of take them on one at a time mm-hmm. and to really deeply listen and get curious to what that part has to say. So an inner critic, you would kind of like, first of all, acknowledge it. Sometimes they just kind of like, hey, I want you just to you know, acknowledge that I'm here and I, I need to share with you something. I so. have my own personal Roger Ebert. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes they're friendly Roger Eberts and sometimes they're, you know, they're critics that can be quite harsh. It's more like Don Rickles. That's right. <laughs> I, yeah. think I'm, I'm, I tend more towards the Don Rickles side <laughs> of the equation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no matter who, who is in there, and it does sound a little bit like Sybil, but, um, you know, I, I think that when we become friendly toward all these parts of ourselves, that that is where we become more integrated and more whole in ourself um, when we can learn to listen with compassion to these different parts of us that come up. And there's so much more to be said about this, but actually my, my website addresses uh, can explain it a little bit more with some articles that are, are attached um, if people are interested. Now, um, uh, again, I want to remind our listeners out there, you can uh, call and ask uh, Lauren Mari Navarro a question. It, the number is 1-800-655-5877 or 476-2800. Lauren, I'm wondering if part of the re- uh, the writing exercises, I think it seems to me that one of the things you can do could do with these writing exercises is to actually give each of these aspects of your personality a different prose voice a, oh. a different prose style have is that part of the program well you know what you're saying actually reminds me of um uh something called the ira ira progoff journal method i don't know if you've heard of the progoff journal method. no tell but, us about the ira progoff well, <laughs> journal method this sounds great <laughs> there's so many things to talk about isn't there um but well ira progoff has a variety a number of different kinds of writing um tools and you can spend a whole weekend writing from morning until night for two or three days in a row just using Progoff's intensive journal method. And um, so, but one of them is a tool called uh, dialoguing Mm -hmm. with parts. Um, And it could be dialoguing with parts of ourselves. It could also be a dialogue around um, maybe there was some kind of uh, injurious thing that happened to you with a, a sibling or a parent you can dialogue with that um, that person in your journal. This is the wonderful thing about journaling is that you can write these things. You never have to send it to the person um, about whom you're writing. But in the process, people typically say, oh, gosh, I just feel like a load is off of my back. This is really cheap. You can get a notebook for a dollar at, <laughs> you know, at the store. You don't have to spend a lot of money to have a, a really wonderful impact from the process of writing and, you know, in the instance that you're talking about, to dialogue with, um, with, with parts or with, with people from your past, even people who are deceased. You um, know, it seems, strikes me, too, that um, when you uh, have achieved a little bit of skill, and it, and it doesn't sound like it takes a lot of time to do this, of 
journaling and writing down and expressing yourself, it seems that the physiological as benefits would quickly come come to the fore. That uh, in terms of reduced tension, reduced stress, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fewer uh, you know Charlie horses or whatever right. other whatever other uh, aspects of your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, another um, professor of psychology at Syracuse University, Joshua Smith, he wrote a book called The Writing Cure, and he found that expressive writing improved lung functioning among asthma patients and lowered really? pain. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and lowered pain among arthritis sufferers, and a few studies have shown that writing can enhance, um, you know, can lower blood p- pressure, um, again, enhance the immune system, as we've been talking about. And, um, and he, you know, he cautions, it's not a magic bullet. It's not a substitute for other psychological or medical care as needed. But it really is a very helpful supplemental activity. And um, But I would say it's not just supplemental. It, it's a delightful thing to do. And um, one of the, the other persons that I um, studied with, uh, her name is Kathleen Adams. She wrote a book called The Journal to Self. And... Um, she talks about how journal why why journal writing is a powerful ally in healing, and she mentions you know that it's um, it's immediate and available. It's there for you at three o'clock in the morning during the <laughs> migraine or when you're sure. in the doctor's waiting office, and it's great for catharsis and insight, as we talked about. When you've been writing for a while, you usually get to some level of insight you might not have had before writing. It's uh, um, unconditionally accepting. Of, it will take anything that you say, even more than perhaps a friend would who might stop you in your track. So Paper has never refused ink. It has never refused ink. <laughs> and it's good for self-empowerment and mm-hmm. self-esteem and for releasing past hurts and judgments. Now, tell us what soul collage is. This sounds very interesting. Okay, you're covering all the bases. I came to talk about healing, but I'm happy to talk about it all. Um, soul collage was developed by Sina Frost, who is um, another local treasure here. She lives in Watsonville, and um, she developed um, a wonderful paradigm. It's a, a very healing tool that people can use. It's a very creative process. Um, essentially, you're making your own deck of cards. Anybody who's familiar at all with tarot cards, and I'm not um, highly familiar with tarot, except I've had you know, some friends do some readings with me. But in this case, you're actually creating your own cards. So that means that every card that you make is highly personally relevant to you because you made it. Mm-hmm. And in the process, there's, there's, and there's quite a lot that I could say about it, but I'll just say that there are four suits that are involved, the council, the community, um, of course, now that I'm on the the radio, I'm forgetting a couple of them <laughs> under pressure here. But um, her website, soldcollage.com, you can actually get a free reading as soon as you go to the website mm-hmm. and learn a little bit more about that. So, again, the way we've been talking a little bit earlier about different parts of self, soul collage is wonderful for really honoring all of these different um, parts of ourselves, both those archetypal qualities, those very personal psychological um, dimensions of ourselves, you know, the inner, the inner gardener, the inner writer. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it strikes me too. I, I've, I like that uh, notion of a, of seeing yourself as a deck of cards because I think what happens is is a lot of people keep their strongest cards at the bottom of the deck mm. and, and and don't and don't sometimes don't even know they're there. And I think that one of the but that by Divvying it up and looking at the damn deck, you might have a clue as <laughs> oh, to who you are. Absolutely.
absolutely. It really does give you a wonderful picture of who you are. And the great thing about it is there are no limit on the number of cards that you can make. And you could wake up at 3 o'clock going, oh, my gosh, I really need to make a card for, you know, some particular aspect of self. that Maybe not even one that you have so much, but that you're, you're wanting to create. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a writer but you're not a writer now, you could make a card for um, your developing writer self, and it can actually kind of encourage and spur you on with the energy of the card to become that in your life. So now, it's an exciting process. I wanted to talk about your your teaching uh, three courses uh, through the Palo Alto Medical Foundation. These are all actually I'm teaching one, oh. but I brought the other ones just mm-hmm. uh, so people know about those as well. Okay, you're teaching writing from the well of self, That's and right. this is a, a free course. Tell us uh, what what's involved in the course and how and when we can sign up. And, okay. Um, and actually, you've got the phone number in front of you mm-hmm. here for, for registering if you wanted to tell listeners about it. Um, the requirement for this particular uh, course that's free is that, that people are cancer patients. They're either in treatment or they're survivors of cancer. And, um, and also, if a family member or caregiver wanted to come as well, but anybody that comes must participate in the writing process. There mm-hmm. are no observers. Um, so the class is Wednesday evenings from 6.30 to 8.30. It's actually not a drop-in class. We had our first class last Wednesday. If people are interested, I would urge them to call um, as soon as Monday if they would like to come to and the that, next session. that number is 460-7355, and that's uh, at the Palo Alto Me- Medical Foundation. It's at the Palo Alto Medical Foundation, and people, they've opened up, uh, generously opened this up to um, anybody who meets those requirements. So mm-hmm. They don't have to be a patient of Palo Alto Medical Foundation. They can be a, you know, get their medical care from anywhere, but PAMF is offering this as a free um Free offering. Now, now, tell, describe, uh, give us an idea of what one of these classes is like. So what I do, because I've been teaching at uh, Cabrillo Extension for about five or six years, so I've kind of, am using the same model for that as I am for this class. I usually, um, well, in, in this class, I often start with a visualization. Um, some of my uh, work is modeled after Sharon Bray's book, um, I think it's called Writing to Heal. I didn't bring it with me. But um, she herself is a cancer survivor and wrote a book about leading groups for um, people with cancer. And so there'll be a visualization. I have some um, handouts of writing prompts. And I told you about that kitchen timer. People mm-hmm. write for, um, for that's a That's a good thing. That's a yeah. really, that's a, that's a powerful, powerful tool. Mm-hmm. And having that big clanky bang at the end is, <laughs> is I think, actually beneficial because it really, well, it's a driver. I try to protect people, uh, you know, from <laughs> before it goes off, I try to ring a more gentle bell. But at any rate, and so in the class, there's a visualization, there are some writing prompts. Um, it's an optional thing for people to share if they are, feel comfortable sharing. Um, as I said, I think part of the therapeutic benefit is that um, n- not only the act of writing, which we see the scientific uh, data that supports the um, the benefit of that, but also how wonderful it is for people to who are sharing this common experience. One of the people in the class the other day said, you know, 
I've got a lot of other friends who are in their 60s who are suffering all kinds of ways from physical um, kinds of um, issues that are impacting their lives. But when they hear the word cancer, it, there's just so much fear is evoked from that. So if you have a group of people who are coming together to write, and whether or not they're writing exactly in that moment in that particular exercise directly about their cancer journey, they know that they share this common bond. And that's mm -hmm. a really rich and wonderful um, experience and and usually by the end of the series people have become you know quite close and very um, caring and concerned for each other and want to know when their treatment dates are or their surgeries and it's really a, a wonderful thing so I want to say this is about writing but it's also creating a community of uh, support that's invaluable it strikes me too that even <clears throat> that for those who can can bring themselves to it that writing the words and then speaking them aloud, reading them, there's a real power in the spoken word, especially when you read something that you've written that I think is just undeniable. And to me, would almost seem uh, a, a natural, like completing the circuit. Absolutely. I, I so agree with you. And it's something I didn't really know about. I hadn't read what you talked about as being helpful. I experienced it myself. You know, I I attended some writing groups many years ago, and I noticed that it was in the act of re uh, reading out loud what I had written that um, things really changed for me. I remember the the teacher had given us just she wanted us just to take one word and she picked the word betrayal and it was you know that's a pretty powerful word <laughs> yeah, but yeah you could pick a lot of just one words and i would encourage listeners to even think about like creating their own writing prompts so even if it's just one word and writing for five or ten minutes about it what i found was after i had read what i had written was that my whole experience around that event was completely changed for the rest of my life. I no longer had those worrisome rambling thoughts. I'd created mm -hmm. a coherent narr healing narrative. A story. Notes to me, you know, uh -huh. a story about it. And um, I, I've never, um, you know, that, that it worked. <laughs> so it is very powerful, as you said, Rick, to, to read what we have written. We get surprised sometimes by what we've written <laughs> when we read it out loud. I've been speaking with Lauren Mari Navarro. She's teaching writing from the well of Self at the Palo Alto Medical Foundation. It's open to anybody who is a cancer survivor, a cancer patient, or a relative of a cancer patient. And you can call 460-7355 to see if you can sign up. The meetings are Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Thank you very much for joining me, Lauren. You're so welcome. I just wanted to point out there are two more. There are more series in 2011 mm -hmm. if this one is closed, so please do attend to that. And if anybody wants to learn more about the classes at Cabrillo Extension or Palo Alto with those numbers, they, uh, my website is my name, laurenmarinavarro.com. So they're welcome to check that out. And there's actually quite a bit of really interesting uh, scientific information on there. So that's a great idea. Thank you for joining me, Lauren. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.